everybody. Welcome to uh, this little meeting that we're having with Joe and myself. I'm Harry, and this is Joe Whitcomb. Joe Whitcomb is a relationship psychotherapist and the author of Rebuilt Your Relationship. Yeah, and it's an excellent book. Um, it's all about just keeping relationships together. Um, Joe, you want to talk a little bit about the book real briefly? Well, it talks a little bit about, or a lot about, just uh, having real authentic connection in a really disconnected world. And um, But think about when we talk about rebooting a relationship, it's like when we first fall in love with somebody, it's like you're coming into the relationship with uh, like a 1.0 relationship operating system. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... Remember, Harry, when the iPhones first came out in 2000, I think, four, right? You had the yeah. 3.0, yep. right? Now, imagine, if you were, will, if you were still operating now in 2018 off of that same platform, that operating system. Oh, you'd and, be frustrated. Oh, it'd be so frustrating. You're going to be, like, taking that phone and smashing it against a <laughs> you know, wall or something. And not that we do that, because we don't have anger problems. Never, never. <laughs> That's not us. But but for for people that have been in an existing relationship or wanting to get into a relationship or anything like that understanding that we all come into relationships with an operating system meaning certain imprints or attachments or apps so to speak in your relationship right that yeah, you bring yeah. in from family of origin from past relationships and all these things right so and there's a lot of talk out there about love and sex and dating and all that stuff. But the one thing that we don't really talk a lot about, Harry, is attachment stuff. So we're going to talk a lot about over the next several weeks about attachment styles and how that affects and how that impacts relationships. Hey, that's exciting stuff. You know, Joe, Joe and I go, we go way back. We go back to 91, Joe. And that's, that's right. University that's of Arizona. That's yeah, right. baby. Yeah, baby. And, um, you know, we've met each other way back when, and we've uh, kind of been through it all. We've, we've, we've watched each other grow. We've watched each other get married. We've watched each other in our sad times. We watched each other in our high times and our low times. And we, we've really kind of, we've kind of seen it all, haven't we? We've been through we have. together. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like waves, right? Those high tides, low tides, rip tides. Yep. Absolutely. Kids together. Yeah. Now, I remember the first time Harry and I met or one of the first times, at least uh, you had that red Nissan uh, pickup truck, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah that, it was a it. Nissan, right? And that's it. you're the one that introduced me to that red hot chili peppers. So every time I hear Red Hot Chili Peppers, I obviously, I think of you. So <laughs> we heard that song the other day when we went out. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We sure did. Um, all right, Joe. Well, hey, let's, let's get into this. I know people are here for, for, um, for learning purposes and to kind of get off of that 1.0 operating system, as, as you said. So, you know, I've got, I've got a huge question for you that I think probably a lot of people experience and you know you see what's out there on the internet you see what's kind of on youtube and you see all these questions that are that are posed and um my question is this what makes relationships fail you know you 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 date someone you meet someone whether you're dating or married or wherever you are in your life you you meet that person in the beginning and 
they check off everything on that list. You know, you love to do the same things. You, you love the same um, outdoor activities. You love to cook. You love to clean. Not me, but, you know, you love to clean. You love to, you know, go drink coffee together. You love to shop. You love to do whatever. And all these things just check off. I'm, we're, we're, we're both the same religion. We both, you know, love kids. We both love all these things. And then two years, three years, ten years down the road, exactly something happens. Something happens. Where, yeah, where someone says, tap, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I can't do this any longer. And, you know, we're not meant to be. We, we just aren't the right fit, but yet they checked off all these things, right? So, you know, what happened? What, what, happens, what happened to that relationship? Why did they get to that spot? Well, you know, Harry, I mean, we, every relationship is going to be, uh, there's going to have conflict or negative situations or some growing edge that they have to grow through because they form, they storm, they norm, they perform. But that storming part or even in the forming part of the relationship, that early foundational piece, because we get attracted, right, Harry, to yeah. the looks, to their clothes, to their car, to the money they make, um, to you know whatever that experience is, because it's you're going to have conflict around personality differences, lifestyle differences, value differences, gender differences, cultural differences. I mean, you got all this stuff happening yeah. in a relationship, right? That's yes. these are all kind of unconscious to us. And, and, but it's context that we have to really be looking at in, in, in the thing around context. Now we can get attracted to all those things, but guess what, Harry, what we that, get that honeymoon what, phase, that right? Honeymoon phase. But then what you experience is what their insides, it's character, it's their attachment. And the thing that's so crazy about attachment style is that it can literally change how love and intimacy <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> Joe's really excited about this next topic. It's coming up. I know it's coming out. <laughs> Love and intimacy. <laughs> and how they feel for you. Cause it can be so confronting, you know, but when you're insecurely attached, let's say normal love and connection with your partner can actually feel <coughs> painful. Wow. Something's just not hitting right. Hold on. <clears throat> I got my lemon water here. Hey, that's good. Well, this is where normal love and connection with your partner can actually feel painful. And then it's these unhealthy and unconscious attachment wounds and patterns that will ultimately ruin your relationship. And it can, um, and it's those things that can maybe feel soothing, but it's kind of like having cross wires between your heart and your brain. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the insecure attachment stuff that happens in relationships. <coughs> Does that make sense? Yep. That's something that we're definitely going to have to get into attachment styles, which we will get into depth for sure over the next several segments. Um, I, I think that's really important. So, you know, you, 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 you're dating, you, you, you're married, you don't understand each other's attachment style. Should we kind of just briefly kind of lay out real quick attachment styles and what they are? Yeah, there's, there's four attachment styles, and we're going to talk mostly about three of them today, um, and then we'll get more, go deeper into all, all of them. But when we start talking about these imprints, and let me just say one thing before we even leap into this and base jump into some of this conversation. I, have a, I just want people to know that I have a bias about certain things. 
um, and what my bias is since I'm clinically trained more in attachment type stuff. I'm not a dating coach, even though I work with people that are dating, but we take, cause we take a much deeper dive into these imprints, right? And we, to help couples break through the upper limit barriers that they have to love and intimacy and sex and attachment and other things like that. So it's a much deeper dive for those who are courageous enough to kind of face and those dragons. But my, my bias here, Harry, is that we are broken and wounded in relationship because we were, we were from childhood on, and it doesn't matter if you had a great parent, great parents or terrible parents were all impact or imprinted. So we're wounded and imprinted or impacted that way. So the only way to heal it is through the context of relationship. So relationship is the vehicle to our healing and recovery. So I really teach that. I really believe that when couples come together and they see the relationship as this crucible, this place of healing and transformation, and that that sacred space that they have, once they understand that and they can grow into that, and that whatever gets triggered on the path and practices, say, of love, is there is a mirror back to where we get to heal and grow the most. Does that fit? Does that make sense? You know, I got to say, that's the most encouraging thing. And that, that's what I love about Joe. And this is, this is why this is so important. You know, there, there are so many, there's so many articles, Joe. There's so many channels, exactly like you said, of coaches that talk about, hey, you know, this person has is a sociopath or this person is this. And the, 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 all these articles out there are just, I feel like they're just to set you up for failure. Yeah. They're, they're, they're to, to, to go down another check. Okay. So you had this checklist in the beginning and now you have this other checklist. You are like, well, that person's this and that person's this and that person's this. And you're like, and, and you keep counting and it, and it sets you up for failure. And one thing I love about you is that um, besides, you know, our history, and the red hot chili peppers but you know <laughs> what, what, what i love about you is just you 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 challenge to be better in the relationship you you're, you're all about the relationship you're not about leaving you're not about hurting you're not about saying that person's this that person's this you're more about how do you both become better because obviously all those checklists like fit in the very beginning and here you are where you get involved is you ensure that the glue sticks that's and, right. Yeah. So that, that's, that's real. That's one thing that's really <clears throat> awesome. Well, a lot of people, when they get into a relationship, they, they get into it. They're just evaluating the person. Are they, do they fit a certain criteria of money, looks, all that stuff that we talked about before. But what I want to help people really connect to is moving from those binary fixed positions of, you know, these fixed ways of being into these, these two binary things and to discover what, I call their third pole. And we'll get into that in future sessions, it's, but it's just a concept right now. We're both people, and we're going to talk about the different attachment styles and how this plays into this or how this dance works a little bit. So that they're both, both people have a very specific task or orientation or ways of being. Because one of my favorite ta uh, quotes, Harry, my roomie says, our task is not to find love because it's here. It exists. Our task is to find within ourselves all the barriers that we've set against love. So I'm, I'm kind of an out-of-the-box and in-the-heart type of style thinker. 
and feeler. And so I want to take people on a journey, uh, this human journey, this hero's journey, so to speak, to work through those things in a different way and to have, instead of evaluating their partner, that they have a shared context, a shared purpose, meaning, language, tools. You know, and it's only when you have the, that shared context, these two powerful people that can accommodate and adjust and turn toward one another, can they really break through what I call their upper limit barriers, okay? So we all hit those barriers, right? You, you right. know which ones I'm talking about. But until they become more conscious and awake and aware of what's happening, they're going to keep reinvigorating or reenacting this same pattern, right? So it's kind of like the spiritual warrior, that journey that we go on, okay? It's like going around that mountain and, and looping around in this trauma loop, this trauma bond, and people do this all the time. Wow, I've seen that mountain before. I've seen that tree and cactus and water hole a million times. Hmm. And then we go to depression and anxiety and we we you know all this insecurity but then what we realize is wow i haven't then our brain goes i'm depressed i'm anxious and our heart goes there but we realize man it sinks down into us and lands that we haven't been beyond this point because we keep hitting that upper limit barrier right so we're going to start talking about that but the question's got to be not what am I supposed to be learning here? It's like, what am I not willing to learn here now, right? What can I do to break through and understand that? So we're going to dive into and take a deeper dive into understanding how these imprints affect us and how they shape us because yeah, it's so good. much. Yeah, it's not juicy. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's great. So, that, you know, we're talking about that storming phase, right? Yes. So, you know, you're in this storming phase, you, you get kind of past that whole honeymoon vibe, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you're, you're, you're going around this mountain, you're going out there, there's, there's that cactus, there's that, you know, there's that, that, there's that oasis again, it is totally dry. And, and people end up checking out, they start doing this other checklist, right? And that's right. You know, people are here because they really want to I'm sure they're here because they don't want to give up. You know, they're, they're here because they want to grow That's and right. maybe they're their partner or, or the person that it's this person, you, it's you watching this video. Maybe it's, you know, you're saying one of us has checked out. So right. th this is something that can be overcome. Can't it? I mean, sh things shouldn't just end at the storming phase. Correct, Joe? That's right. And every couple does go through it and it go, and it has to go through these phases, right? Just like, Think about seasons here. You got spring, you got summer, you got the autumn, the fall, the harvest, and you got the winter, okay? And people love the spring, right? And they love playing in the fall and they, you know, but what happens is we, you know, we get in the spring and it's fun and we're digging out stuff, we're planting seeds, we're invested, we're doing all that stuff. And then we play during the summer, but then, but what happens is we try to make demands for a harvest when we haven't really done the work, you know? On ourselves or oh, in the so relationship key. you know yeah. and i think once we understand that hey we got to do the work early on you know and it doesn't have to be work i don't even like the, the term work because that that means like it's laborious when it really should be all about play and privilege and fun um and it can be fun when we understand some of these uh concepts and the, on the, these tools and these resources that are available to you then it can really be fun you know, just yeah. like learning anything new. 
Yeah. Uh, but relationships aren't simple, they're complex. So we're gonna dive into talking about these, um, these attachment styles first uh, as we get into it. So, so can I introduce the first attachment style? Go for and it. We'll go into that, okay. Go for it, Chuck. So, So one of the things, I, again, I've done an extensive training with uh, Harville Hendricks and, and um, uh, Stan Tatkin, Sue Johnson, attachment stuff, Bowlby. These are years of stuff looking at the neuroscience, the new science of relationships. And this isn't just for, this is deep, deep stuff that we get into the nervous system and other stuff. But we look at the first one and we call that one the wave. And that's kind of more the anxious pursuer, the initiator type, the one that's more the pleaser. Um, so this attachment style, is, we call it an insecure attachment style. It's someone who's insecurely attached and subconsciously they fear this abandonment. So they might think that love is threatened when their partner is just expressing, let's say, healthy autonomy. Let me give you an example. So let's say wanting to spend a weekend apart or having different interests or wanting to sleep without touching in a hot night or not being in a mood from time to time, those can feel threatening to uh, an anxious uh, pursuer. Now they have great strengths because they're typically the glue of the relationship. They're the connector. They create a sense of love and belonging and, and they lean in and you know, they're kind of, they're definitely more mindful and thinking about how to make the relationship better. And okay. So they have a lot of great qualities uh, with that. Now the island, now we're gonna go to the second insecure attachment. Now they're both insecurely attached. So the second one is more of the island. They're anxious and avoidant, the distancer type. You kind of, and a lot of people know that, they, they kind of check out, they're emotionally unavailable. Uh, Are majority of men this attachment style? Um, typically 85%. Now there's a 15%, now it's, there's some gender, even women can be an island too. Sure. sure. Um, and all that, and so we're going to get into later sessions and how that gets imprinted, right? How those attachments get shaped and formed and how each of those people have a different task to work through. Um, but someone who's insecurely attached in as a avoidant subconsciously fears, guess what? Engulfment, losing their sense of identity, losing their, they might think that freedom and individuality is threatened when their partner is really expressing just normal and healthy closeness. Let's say uh, that if, if your wave lover wants to ex interrupt your work with a kiss or loving text that may feel, oh, they're so needy, right? Um, or wanting to spend the night multiple nights in a row or wanting to drive together uh, instead of separate or wanting to hold hands or walk arm in arm. Those things are normal bids for connection and relationship. And for sometimes for an island, that can feel kind of like smothering. And um, so the thing here, Harry, about these attachment styles is it's like an early warning alarm bell that's going off inside, right? Danger, danger, danger. But it's been set too sensitive a setting. So it's just like when you're walking through the garage, Harry and the car alarms that go off when you're just driving by in the parking garage. Right, 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 right. right. Super, they're super sensitive. Yeah. Well, the alarm bell itself is good. It's a healthy system because it regulates, it really regulates your relationship, prevents you from either drifting apart, right, where you're distancing too much. And you see that with couples a lot of times, 
or it becomes too merged or fused in a way. And, but when it's, so that's when it's set wrong. And the feelings that you have inside about your relationship in a reality of how it is stops lining up. And that's usually the cause of almost every fight and every conflict. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. So, you know, people have these different attachment styles. You know, how, how do they, I mean, communication is just going to be so key and understanding each other. Um, and then how do you get from that storming to the norming? Well, the, the storming to the norming is, I mean, it's really going to take a lot of work in trying to um, move from the, that fixed position where we're leaning in, we're understanding, we're validating, we're trying to get the other person's experience. We're, we're spending more time, you know, either in therapy or doing some relationship classes or seminars or, you know, just really, or even diving into a book but really having a context, a language about, about the relationship. And we're going to talk about this as well as just having a set of principles and a set of um, uh, context that people can work in and, and have. Um, so one of the episodes that we're going to talk about is uh, having a couple bubble or a safe, secure base that they can both rely on. So because anytime a couple, let's say, is in conflict, there's an aspect of reality that both people are a bit out of touch with. So the fact that you can see exactly where your par partner is, let's say out of touch makes it even harder for you to believe that you're out of touch as well. And so you might fight about, about that. And that's really good to have an accurate mirror. And what we'll also be able to talk about is what you can use in the moment when you're feeling abandoned or smothered by your partner or abandoned by your partner. Because then we'll get a chance to reset the alarm bell for you and allow you to come back to reality and see what's really happening. And from that place where you have the power and the freedom to choose something different, make an adult request about what you want and getting a loving response instead of escalating it into a pattern of fear and mistrust and you know that whole vicious cycle, Harry, around that complain, defend, complain, defend, complain, defend, complain, defend, that vicious cycle. When yeah, something happens, then the story. So we're going to help you drop the story, drop the ego, drop the interpretation, stop looking for all the evidence and how it's not working so that you can find ways to work through it. And, and have, because and, I've used this process to become more and more securely attached myself. And we'll talk about that in another segment about the secure connectors, the anchors. We have the wave, the island, and the anchor. And uh, when we understand this ourselves, and we've, I've seen others shift from this insecure attachment style to creating more secure attachments using a very straightforward practice that, will pro that we can process in our therapy sessions together or coaching or intensives or whatever people want to come in and participate in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not. It's brilliant stuff. So when you're, when you're in this, when you're in this forming stage, Joe, and people are getting to know each other before they get in this start, you, you, you what, what, what's the timeline of this forming stage typically take? Well, I mean, from, I mean, we're bringing in a lot of stuff. So the forming stage can be, uh, you know, up to 18 months to two years. Right. And you really don't really get to know someone until about the first year. So the first year you're just getting to know somebody. 
Um, and then the second year, you know, you're, you're starting to hit some of those storming things it, because what happened, what ends up happening, Harry, the, the more secure you start feeling and the more permanent the relationship starts to feel in the way it gets expressed. You start seeing more of these attachment stuff come out because we start feeling threatened. After, after all this, after that time, because you're comfortable and then you, you feel that you can expose that, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So everybody has their way, you know, uh, their style, these unconscious attachment wounds. And one of the attachment styles we haven't really got into too much is when there's been a lot of childhood trauma and that's more of a chaotic style. Um, it's kind of a blend of the island and the wave. It's that come close, get away, come close, vacillating style of relating. And, um, you know, one of the things I always talk about in that is that takes a lot of compassion and sensitivity to understand so that you can, you know, help, you know. And, and one of the things I really want couples to do is we're get out of the blaming game and really begin to understand what's happening inside because that terrain is so, there's so much good stuff and working with masculine and feminine, it's like the woman I, I say is this deep, like this beautiful, gorgeous, amazing ocean, right? And with deep waters and high tides and low tides and rip tides. And then the masculine energy is, the, is like the earth, right? So the waves crash on the beach and you remember, you can you almost visualize it, right, Harry, when you see the waves kind of cascading over the beach and, and then the beach absorbs sure. the oh, water. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the masculine taking it in, you know, the riverbanks, you know, of the, of the river, the masculine structure and strength and the feminine, the dynamic flow of the river. Now these are we're talking energy. We're talking not not male female, but just the energy of the masculine feminine, right? It's such a beautiful thing when people understand this is my when they get the context of that and the role and how that comes into play in relationships. It's amazing how things can shift and transmute and transform. It's amazing sense? when you explain it that way. Because we don't, we, we don't want to, you don't, you don't want to work with the flow. You know, you don't want to like do this whole dance and stuff. It's, it, it's really amazing when you explain it that way, because we, 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 it's, it's easy to get out of that, right? It's easy to just think about me, 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 you, 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 you. And, yeah. and when you think of it that way, how encouraging that you, you know, that your relationship can work like that, you know? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's, that's insane. Okay. So sorry to go back to that, but you know, it, but it sounds like it's really important that you understand everyone's, I mean, if you have trauma in your youth, but cause that's what actually forms you into, into who you are and your, your, your attachment styles and your loving style and everything like that. Right. I mean, it's, it really says a lot about who you are and everyone's super different. There's no one size fit all. I mean, everyone has different, you know, different, a different history you know and, and so it, it's it's really important that you get to like you said know yourself yeah because um, that's the only way you get to know your partner almost right that's right well and the only way you can it's like i one of the things i coach and work with men and women on is okay really knowing and i get them to really answer these questions is who am i right who am i in context of relationship you know in the world uh, who am I? Where am I going? What do I stand for? Champion? What's my highest purpose? 
You know, what am I bringing to this relationship, right? Because everybody wants to have the one, right? Uh, but you have to be the one to have the one. And that means, because you can't just, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, if I have this perfect woman or I have this perfect man, or I have all these set, this criteria of whatever I want in a person, then I will do and be that person. It doesn't work. You gotta, that's, we gotta reverse it. That's, that's, doesn't work. You gotta reverse engineer that and put that, who am I gonna be? Yeah. What do I need to do to have the, this amazing relationship that I wanna have? So it doesn't, it only works when we work on our person, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes absolute sense. So, okay, so go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, it just goes back to the law of attraction in a lot of ways. It's just that law of what we attract into our lives. You know, um, I had a buddy of mine, you know, we talked about attachments. He, his, his, uh, his, his unconscious pattern would be kind of like he could walk into any room and out of 50 people, 50 women, he's going to, because of these imprints or these unconscious attachment styles, he will beeline to the one woman in the room that doesn't like him, that doesn't want to have anything to do with him, that will avoid him, that will probably abuse him because that's his family of origin, right? That's the guy, that's that, because he's scanning, his nervous system scanning the entire room, trying to find, because, but he gets wired into that one person because there's something about him, about when we get into this hustle for our worthiness and love and acceptance and, and approval that we didn't get as children, right? By pleasing, improving, pretending, and and perfecting, and and so we were. So, anyways, we we went to this club, and and I knew this background of his, this background story of his relationships and how he would attach and who he would pick as a mate and a partner. And these two women walked into this club, and and uh, so I said to him, "Hey, Harry," you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't remember this conversation. <laughs> Different guy, John. <laughs> you can so, go with me for now for this. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, he goes, I'm going to go talk to those girls. I'm like, Johnny, they don't want to talk to you. He goes, ah, nah, nah, it's fine. So he goes over, he talks to them, and he drags his tail back. And, and, he's, he's, and he goes, ah, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. How did you know that? I said, that's really not the question. The question is, how did you not know, right? Because we're so close to it, we're so blind to these imprints that we don't really see what we're attracting into our relationship, right? It's almost like there's something, the wiring gets kind of twisted a little bit, and we don't really see it um, for ourselves. Everyone else can. Everyone else sees it, but we can't. So, so is that saying that in relationships, because we're talking about this, that people can sometimes not even appreciate the person that they're with and the relationship that they're in? True. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. That can ebb and flow. Obviously, uh, you know, there's no permanency always in love or anything. It's, it's like the waves. So it's learning to accept those waves, for what they are. But I think learning to grow in gratitude and acceptance and love is, you know, can really take a relationship a lot further than judgment and, <laughs> and comparison. I always oh. say comparison is the, uh, is the root of all suffering so that's just another thing you know <laughs> no, i mean think about it man if you if you don't really get to go through all that stuff you, you never really get to learn how to love right you that's don't right understand the depth of love 
That's right. We don't. You know, it's funny. A friend of mine sent, uh, read an article to me the other day and um, she was reading it and it was talking about how um, it was like, uh, I don't know, it was talking about like John Lennon and some song, All You Need Is Love. And then you look at his uh. actual life and it was completely opposite, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then someone else wrote a song that you don't need love or something. And this guy was like the most um, father figure. Uh, he was his total family man, been with the, his, the same woman forever. And it, it's just interesting. And, you know, it's, 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 it, it's, it's all these things idealize love, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. You, it's really deep. You really got to understand what it is, you know, and I, I, I'm the first to admit, I don't know anything about love to, you know, when I talk to you, I, I realize to myself, gosh, I'm, I'm at this young age of the mid forties. And I'm like, I, I feel like, I feel like Luke Skywalker to Yoda. And, and I ask you, Hey Joe, this is kind of what I did. And you're like, well, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to rethink this and relearn this entire pattern that, that, you know, that I've learned. Right. I mean, it's, you, you said something so brilliant the other day, you want to say it was about patterns um, about, about change versus problems. Oh yes. Yes. Well, we were talking about the idea that problem in, in any type of like relationship dynamic, I mean, problems will always find a solution, right? There will always be a solution to any problem, right? If we keep our minds and eyes open to the solution, right? We can source solutions a lot of ways, but a lot of times, Okay. And that's why coaching and therapy can really be helpful, right? It's kind of like if you grew up on a farm like I did, you know, that pump, the, the water pump, you know, all that crap that comes out, the rust and the mud that comes out at first is just crap, right? It's brown, murky stuff. So, but eventually if you brainstorm, you eventually get to the clear water and solutions and something that you can actually sit down and drink and invest in and spend time, you know, be there with it. But, but patterns are different. Patterns are a fixed way of being. So if you have a problem in your relationship, it's going to find a solution. But if it's, if it doesn't find a solution and it stays kind of in this gridlock or an impasse, now we're talking about patterns and that's where couples or individuals really need to start looking at it from 30,000 feet to do the pattern recognition. So when you do the pattern recognition and the pattern around your attachment styles is, which is something that we're going to start diving into next time is looking at the pursuer and the distancer, the, the need for intimacy versus needing space or the wave, you know, this dynamic, right. Um, and cause it's a, this, this cycle continues to play out in all of our relationships. So one thing for, let's say, um, let's say one of the pattern, let's use an analogy for a pattern. Okay. So let's say Harry, you and me, we're in a relationship. Okay. Just as friends. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just your friend. Okay. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Or, or someone else. All right. Cause I I had other questions where we were going to go with this. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be your lover or mate or whoever. yeah, Yeah. All right. But let's say to understand a pattern, all right, so in a dynamic. So let's say that the relationship is 
set like a thermostat in your room. If you look at your thermostat, you set it at 70 degrees, all right? That 70 degrees is what we call homeostasis, right? That's, that's where it's all happening, okay? That's where connection happens, love, belonging, significance. That's where it's all, all the good stuff's happening, okay? Now, because of a pattern, your attachment style, let's say, might run a little hotter, like you're more of the pursuer, the initiator, someone like that. Okay, you run a little hotter, you're probably at 80 degrees. Okay, you're, that's where you set, right? Now, I'm a, let's say, an island or avoidant, right? So my pattern, you know, my way of being is going to be set at, like, say, 60 degrees, right? Okay, so, yeah, I'm following you. You're definitely right. a 60 degree guy. I'm definitely, <laughs> I've, I've never, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, that sounds good. So anyways, yeah. So, so you, so your pattern might think, you might think intuitively, well, for us to get to 70, what do you, what do you do if you run hot, right? You're going to go hotter. You're going to go to 90, right? So that's where the pursuer, you're like blowing up the phone and calling and texting and, and emailing and, you know, trying to get you to all, homeostasis. Right. And we call that an attachment protest. It's a way of getting the relationship back in sync in a way of getting it back to, to normalizing or to balancing it out. Okay. But now for me as an avoidant, right, in my island way, my fix, my way of being is this way. So it's important to look at our way of being. So I go, oh, you're running too hot. So I think intuitively for it to kind of cool down to 70 i have to go to 50 now are we closer to 70 or further apart further apart now we're further apart now we're really outside the margins right we're not even on the we're not even on the dance floor together right the pursuers there the pursuer the initiators on the dance floor dancing going come on and the, what am i doing i'm off drinking kool-aid having a few of those you yeah. know avoiding or on my computer avoiding or off with my friends texting. or playing golf or texting or yeah. you know and that's where affairs happen a lot of times because they're out of this 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 thing's happening the emotional affairs happen both ways so the, that's why we talked about the third pole it's the third pole is 70 degrees whatever that might be for a couple that they have to figure out and that's something that we discover with a capital D how to get to that third pole that's 70 degrees so each person has its task so you can kind of see where now with the avoidant their task is to go what's happening in my inner ter terrain here my fear of being enmeshed where does that come from okay is that a mom issue dad and mom was too consuming and too like set or something happened right or in the past so their task is to learn to lean into that that 70 degrees where maybe the of the anxious pursuer their task is maybe to lean out more and to create space and so creating distance and creating closeness so those two things have got to be kind of managed and talked about and how to work through those different rituals so once they understand that it's a the vicious cycle is a pattern now the tools that they use to kind of get there don't work so we call that the four horsemen of apocalypse so the complain defensiveness or withdrawal can then if that doesn't get resolved harry 
Then it goes and he's up to contempt and stonewalling, which is those two things become the most corrosive part of a relationship because that's the part where the relationship begins to break down and, and, and destroy itself because stonewalling is the ultimate form of domination because you're dominant because there's no way of, I'm not on the dance floor. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't work. No chance. Yeah. There's no chance. But if they understand that for the avoidant, that that is their pattern taking the labels out of being a narcissist or emotionally unavailable or uh, this or that, fade the other person. What I say to couples is fade him out, fade her out. Look at you. Look at what's happening in your own inner debate. Fade each other out. What's happening inside of you? Make sense? Because uh, no, that's the conflict. Deep. I mean, no pun intended, but that is... <laughs> it's deep. Got to yeah. fade the other person out yeah. and look at you and yeah. how that's coming together or not, right? So, the patterns is the killer. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, that patterns the killer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this has been awesome, Joe, and, and and hopefully everyone can see just how brilliant Joe is. Hopefully, you guys can see what I've known since '91, and uh, but I really get to see even deeper into this because I I, I get to be around Joe. We went to some orange therapy theory fitness thing the other day and that's right we got our transformational goals right (laughs) that's right but you know it it, love is 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 so amazing joe the way you describe it and it's like it's like you said you start pumping and you end up getting a lot of murky water a lot of brown discoloration a lot of dirt a lot of people end up running when they see that water and they don't give themselves the opportunity to get to the clear water right mm-hmm. and you know that that's the brilliant thing that hopefully everyone will be able to see as we take this journey and go on these 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 lessons in life with joe and um we look forward to having you guys back um if you want to reach out all the information is below how you can reach out to joe if you need to set up a, a skype session if you want to set up uh emails or if you're in orange county i mean excuse me if you're in southern california uh we're here as well um, Joe also does one, two, three day intensives, um, uh, where it's just him, another relationship psychotherapist and the couple, and they are with you for one, two or three days. And you have exclusive time with them where they can truly create bespoke programs just for you. And, um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us, but we're going to continue to do these, um, little tidbits of information to, to really just, just keep that glue strong. Right, mm-hmm. Joe? That's right, man. Keep keep it all go. Keep it all moving and flowing. Keep it all flowing. I want to thank you, Harry. This has been great. This is uh, 2018. I, you know, it's it's a year of transformation. I think for a lot of people wanting to have healthy relationships and to finally, you know, whether it's mind, body, soul, relationship stuff, to really break through the upper limit barriers, uh, to find ways and strategies to do that. And the good news is there's so much great new science out there and uh, on this stuff that, uh, you know, that they can really, that's now accessible to them. And so I'm grateful to be a part of that tribe, that community. And uh, to work through those things. Hey, trickle, trickle down effect. We're as a result, we're happy to be here with you on this show. Let it all rain down. That's right. That's right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for your time today. Hope everyone, everyone, hope everyone has a great day, great week. And as uh, Joel and I always say, make it your best day.
Make it your best day. Thanks, Harry. All right, buddy. See you tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.